Welcome to Oral Phonic, the podcast about Podfic. This is episode 34, and your hosts today are going to be me, Hananobira, and Fleur. Hi. Hi. So today we are going to be talking about kind of our setup process leading up to Podfic, and then our post-process afterwards a little bit. But before that, uh, Fleur, did you want to cover some of the news? Okay, so um, IGPE is in progress. Everyone got their assignments and is hopefully very happy about it. Um, without I'm so excited. Any... Yeah, yeah, I'm so excited as well. <laughs> and I'm very, very happy about my assignment. I actually wrote a DM to the mods to squee because I couldn't really squee on Twitter for secrecy purposes. So, but the glee had to come out. It had to come out. So, yeah, spoiled for choices. <laughs> also, the Fandom Loves Puerto Rico auction is is running right now. I'm not quite sure how long they're running. Do you know? Their website, I'm looking at it right now. It says that the auction closes on October 23rd. Uh, so I guess as you are hearing this, it's too late. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but um, just, I don't know. Check out what will come out of it. Because mm -hmm. I think they have quite some cool stuff there. So we just um, looking forward to the results and uh, hoping it could help something. Mm-hmm. Um, also, since we're talking about um, a charity auction, we did actually auction um, podcast topics uh, for in the auction of um, for helping with uh, hu Hurricane Harvey. And we know one of the topics right now. Well, there will be a person of interest episode. We'll have to prepare for that a bit. So it won't be this one and don't know, probably not next one, but we'll bring it out as soon as we can. And we are actually asking for, I don't know, a little help from our listeners here. Do you have any recommendations, any potfig, any person of interest potfig you really love? Send us some recommendations in a talkback. That would be great and would make the whole thing a little more diverse. Also, I guess theoretically we'd be open for a guest host. So if you want to come on the show and you love person of interest and want to teach us a little bit about the fandom and the show, uh, because I've seen one episode and, and most of us are in that range where we've seen nothing at all or maybe just two or three episodes. So we'd, we'd love to learn more. Yeah, I've seen a little more, but... I'm, I think I've seen the first season, Okay, but not more. And I know there are definitely, I think at least three seasons, I think more seasons than that. So definitely not an expert. <laughs> so, but yeah, let us know. We didn't get any talkbacks this week, but we got several comments. Uh, the first was from... I'm going to say your name, Kaikso. So please, I'm, I'm so sorry for what I just did to that. But 
they apparently sent us a comment way back when and it got stuck in our spam filter. Sorry about that. But it just got published and went public. Uh, Re-episode 27. They said, hello, I'm a fanficker who's just struck up an acquaintance with a podficker, and as such, I'm only just becoming aware of the complications you guys have involving this space. I do have some thoughts on the disputes slash tensions between writer and podficker, but they are fuzzy and unformed at the moment, so I'll need to listen, read, and engage with more podficker's POVs before I say anything nearing sense. This podcast was pretty insightful, and it's brought into stark relief the choices a podficker has to do for his art versus the fanficker, and there needs to be compromise for both to meet, with a bit more bend from the writer's part of the deal, to be honest. Hopefully, I'll be able to verbalize my thoughts and come back to this. Thank you for doing the podcast. It's been helpful. Well, Kaixa, thanks for tuning in. We're always happy to hear from a new listener, and we would love to hear any thoughts you have in the future about podficking as a craft or permission statements or anything like that. Yeah, that is always nice to hear, also especially from a different perspective. Um, they yeah, they also sent us um, a talk back, I think, on last episode. Yes, on last episode. Okay. In a way, Podfic isn't technically for the writer, but for people who listen to said Podfickers, I do have a BP on my profile, and so far I've enjoyed the Podfics that I've listened to of my work. However, even if I didn't, I'd still wish the Podfigger good luck and God bless, and thank them for their time and efforts, because not everything is for everyone. With regards to asking author's permission, Ray is saying yes or no. I really hate the concept of the dance of permissions that podfiggers need to do, which was why I'd love for authors to just put a statement of permission on their profiles, even if it's to say, hells no, keep your filthy mitts off my work. I'm trying to encourage fellow fanfickers with whom I'm friendly to start doing that too, in order to smooth the way a bit. Thanks for the podcasts, they are really interesting. Aww. So that's really nice. Just having some statement of permission is helpful. I mean, if you don't writer doesn't want the uh, doesn't want any podfix of their work, that's I mean, okay, it's just just say so. And I think pretty much all podfiggers I I know would definitely respect that because yeah. Yes, thank you for spreading the BP love. Also, there's a really long comment thread on the AO3 post for Oral Phonic episode 33, uh, last one about our recording setup. So Momotastic and Paraka were, were talking for a bit. It's way too long for us to completely cover here. We'll link it in the show notes. Momotastic did just write in, re-permission and communication. I agree that telling a pod ficker you're saying no to them because of their voice is potentially upsetting to the pod ficker. And to carry on further, yeah, repods exist, but it's also much less likely that someone's going to record your fic if a pod fic already exists. Uh, I wouldn't go anywhere as far as thinking that my fics are popular enough for multiple people wanting to pod fic them, which is also due to the fact that the fandom I write for has seen a massive decrease in new pod fics being made. So the way for me to get someone else to podfic my work, uh, cutting a little bit here, would be to request a repod. And I feel that's almost worse than rejecting a podficker when they first ask. However, I am thinking about adding blanket permission now. You're right that a podfic is not only for the author, but for other people and the podficker themselves. And if through someone's podfic, more people get to enjoy my slash any story, then that's a good thing, even if I personally don't get anything out of it. 
despite maybe an increase in kudos or comments. Also, come to think of it, not having any podfic of my works isn't really any different from my POV from having podfic I won't listen to, I guess. But at least with any podfic, other people get to have it. They did say that Echo Delta 9, the podficker who's recording that massive one million word podfic, uh, has promised me several times that they have every intention of recording all of the parts. So yeah, you will get it eventually. It just might take a very, 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 very long time. And Momotastic says the first two that have been published so far aren't really cliffhangery, so you can go ahead and listen to them if you want. Well, there's a lot more to that thread, but we'll probably yeah. leave it there. Yeah, but we'll link it. And if you want to look it up and read it, it's interesting. It's just pretty long. <laughs> so Momotastic was apologizing to us for... You know, I'm always writing in these talkbacks. Thank you. I must get so irritating. You're like, no, please keep sending them in. We love talkbacks. The more, the merrier. So by all means, send more. So um, let's get to the main topic here, which is kind of um, pre- and post-production of Podfig, or more like what do you do to prepare yourself or prepare when you're recording a pod fake and what you do after you have recorded it and well i guess edited there are different ways um people prepare for a pod fake for example they it's more like how do you prepare your voice how do you prepare I don't know, maybe mentally, um, how do you prepare your script? And we just talk about some of that, what we do and what we've maybe seen or read that other people do. So I'm just, I'm just saying what um, I usually do. I mean, it, okay, with me, it kind of depends on how complex um, the whole thing is. Um, if it's just a short story, just me, no multi-voice, I probably don't do anything like marking up the text or something like that. I will we'll do a short read-through first, maybe, and look whether there are any words. I don't know how to pronounce any names of places or any words, I maybe know what they mean, but may, might not have heard before because, well, English is not my first language. So there are lots of words I have read before, but never actually heard. Or sometimes also the thing when I want to pronounce them, I suddenly realize, uh, wait, I totally pronounced that differently in my head. That, that does not work. So I will look up words and listen to the pronunciation. I, for example, on forvo.com, I think, we link that, where you can, people from many places in the world, um, actually pronounce the words in their language, which is very, very helpful. Yeah, I mean, it, it is great for names, for example, or for places, that's that's really difficult because uh, you can't really look in the dictionary for a place name because it might be pronounced totally different. And also, if I have, a, for example, a story with words in a language I don't speak at all, which, for example, I, I had one story with Russian words and I do not actually speak Russian. 
I also don't really read Russian. <laughs> so it was a bit like, okay, how do I do that? And I so went on Forvo and listened to actual native speakers pronounce that. And then I tried to do my best. Uh, it is probably horrendous. I am. I just hope people could act. People who speak the language could at least get what I was trying to say. But I was kind of yeah, now trying my best and trying to get it right. So Forvo is great for that. Um, for example, if it's not so specific and more like a regular vocabulary word, different online. Dictionaries will also help, but I really recommend that site. It's awesome. So I will do that. And uh, def depending on what it is, I practice the pronunciation. What I did in earlier years, I was actually printing out the text and writing down the pronunciation. I do not actually do that anymore, but I have forward open in a tab on my browser. <laughs> so I'll just... If I come to that word and I'm not quite sure, I just pause the recording, listen to that word, and switch back. Yeah, that's the worst feeling, the, oh, crap, I'm in the middle of a sentence and I don't know how to say this word <laughs> feeling. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> totally. Oh, for example, I, for the thing where I've read a word and I know kind of what it means or I know what it means, and then I want to pronounce it for the first time in my life and realize I've read that completely different. That it has to be pronounced because that syllable isn't actually in the word. <laughs> uh, mis miscellaneous, which I always pronounce in my head as miscancellous. I don't know why, but I did. <laughs> and frankly, Miscellaneous sounds totally wrong to me. Sorry, it's miscancellous. Yeah, in a podfic recently, I ran into the word epitome, which is just wrong on so many different levels. And what I do if it's, for example, if it's a multi-voice story and we actually have Skype chats to record it because it's kind of an interaction, I do print out my text and color code it so I can actually kind because it makes the following along easier and jumping in at the right time which obviously makes editing easier because the timing works better i do that but otherwise i don't really do a lot of markup anymore i did that at the beginning when i was really new to pot faking like oh my god how do i do this you don't know whether you do anything of that you know, I am really bad about just jumping into the script without planning. If I am doing a multi-voice, then I'll set up a Google Doc and I'll get everybody and I'll color code them. And so everybody knows exactly where their line is and put a lot of work into that. But if I'm just reading my, by myself, I, I don't usually. And in fact, recently I've been recording a lot of stuff like for Harvey fan aid or challenges or different things where I don't even read the fic first. If it's something I chose myself because it's a story I really love and I managed to get permission to record it, then yeah, I'll have read it before. But nowadays, like half the time I, I'm just cold reading. I just sit down and start talking. 
which is probably a bad habit and probably explains some of the weird pronunciations and weird intonation you run into in the middle of my podfix sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, it can probably be also kind of fun to discover a story that way. Also, if you, I'm, I'm also, the other thing is if you're doing this for an auction and someone, um, well, wanted this story and you read it and you realize, hmm, that's maybe not so much my pot of tea and then you have to do a recording that's probably worse if you just I, I just recorded right away that has happened a time or two where it's like even just pod it this is not the story for me but you know I'll keep on going because it was for somebody's birthday or something you know and so it is kind of fun you know to not to have the ending spoiled for you before you start recording. Yeah, I do it a lot for, for example, Podfic Bingo, where I'm looking for some really weird tag. And it's like, well, hey, there's this 5K fic. It's not even in my fandom. But guess what? I can cross off a square on my Podfic Bingo. So sure, I'm going to jump in and read this 5K thing real quick. And we'll be, I'll be just as surprised as you is the way it turns out. <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, that's basically what I do for marking up the script. And um, I know, I, I think, was it Momotastic in an earlier talkback in an, another episode? I think so. That they also color code the script and kind of prepared how to read things. I, I know that some people do that. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say they'll print it out or they'll color code it or they'll try different voices. Uh, who was it? And somebody needs to write in and tell me this. There's one podficker I know will think of like a key phrase that they associate with each character. So before they say each character's lines, they say that key phrase or think that key phrase that helps them get into the right voice and the right mindset for that character so that they, they keep their voices consistent throughout the podfic, which I thought was a really interesting technique and one I, I probably ought to try these days because particularly with long podfics, I tend to have like accent and voice drift with some characters. So if I had some line to keep coming back to regularly to keep me in the right voice, my, my voices would probably be more consistent. Yeah, I mean, that's actually a really cool idea, yeah? I might look into that. I mean, I usually I don't have that many kind of voices, but with because a lot of the stories at Podfig don't actually have that many talking characters. Sometimes they do, and then I try to differentiate a bit and do a bit more voices, and if the story is longer, that... Uh, yeah, can get interesting. So <laughs> that is marking up the script, and then there's also, of course, well, preparing your voice for talking and kind of preparing in regular for the re for the actual recording. Do you do anything special for that? I tend to have mouth noises, and they drive me crazy. So first, before I record anything. I try to drink a glass of water 10 minutes before, brush my teeth, and then maybe I do a couple of vocal warm-ups. And these are all things I learned from other pod figures, so I'm totally stealing other people's ideas. But uh, someone, and 
I once again forget. So thank you, whoever that was. But they say, red lorry, yellow lorry, red lorry, yellow lorry, and, and just keep repeating that and speeding it up to get your mouth moving to kind of warm up your lips. That really helps me. And then I have a couple of vocal exercises I would do back in the days when I was in choir and, you know, junior high mumble, mumble years ago. Uh, so I would maybe sing la, 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 and go up and down a little bit, depending on whether I think I'm going to need some high voices and some low voices. That's mostly what I do on a regular basis is hydrate, clean your teeth, and then a couple of vocal warm-ups. But I did put a post on my dream width. Wow, this is back in 2013. Time flies. It's amazing. I was really getting frustrated with the mouth noises in my pod fix. So I just asked a bunch of people on Twitter and got a bunch of feedback on how to avoid mouth noises. And the first thing is to really brush and floss really thoroughly because all of that gunk that collects on your teeth during the day is like bacteria poop. And if you clean it off, your sound will be a little bit crisper. It will reduce the stickiness of your saliva. That's absolutely disgusting. Drinking a glass of water will thin out your saliva. It'll moisten your mouth and lips, reduce smacking. They say to avoid alcohol or milk or other dairy products. Alcohol will dry out your mouth, but milk and dairy products will increase mucus production because that's another part of the slimy sensation in your mouth is mucus. And they say uh, to avoid sugary drinks and juices because bacteria will feed off the sugar and then more mucus. The one recommendation is that you snack on apple slices because apocryphally, the apple slices contain pectin, which will like suck up the moisture in your mouth and make things a little bit drier. Also, I've been told to put on uh, lip gloss and that can reduce some of the mouth smacking noises. Okay. That's, I mean, some of those are, I mean, the, the drinking of water and no diary, that is basically uh, also things that uh, singers do, vocalists do. Um, the brushing and flossing is makes sense if you think about it. Also, it's cool. Be good for your dental hygiene. Record pot fix. This was a PSA of your local dentist. <laughs> yeah. That is cool. I'll have to try out the apples. Yeah, I, I tried them a couple times. I'm not sure that I noticed much difference. Uh, it did feel like my mouth was dried out, but then I went to edit it and I could still hear mouth noises everywhere. But that's just because I hear so many mouth noises in my recordings. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I mean, if it, is, if, if it doesn't help, you're eating an apple. Yeah. There was also a post on Cantorina's Twitter uh, about a week and a half ago where she was asking people about their vocal warm-up and acting warm-up process. And people wrote in um, and said what they do or what, if they don't do anything. And someone does raps from Hamilton a few times. Um, to get their voice ready and also to pump up the energy, which is impressive because I would totally need many, many vocal warm-ups to even try a rap from Hamilton. 
but I can see that working if you can do that. Um, someone said that they do uh, face muscle warm-ups. They learned in an action group, kind of uh, exercise, chewing gum, things like that, which is also something people acting do and also in choir. I'm singing in a choir and we also do things like that, massage your cheeks, things like that. And that helps with warming up your muscles and not getting into the problem that you can't really pronounce stuff because your muscles aren't loose and warmed up. Not really a problem if I've spoken the whole day, but if it was a quiet day and I didn't actually talk that much, that's a good idea. Someone said that they basically do it depending on what they want to read, as in if they're doing deep voices, they do a couple of um, hum humming warm-ups so they kind of get probably so they kind of get the in that deeper register and if they're doing really emotive stuff they try and read to try and read something totally different really emotional to get i think to get into that kind of mood someone yeah someone records a shorter thing that's a one-off not a part of, of a larger project I think we all know who that is, and they need to stop making us look bad. <laughs> yeah, I would be so much more prolific and get more stuff done if I did that, but I don't. Um, someone else just also recommended basically hydrating, but with specifically um, hot water, lemon, honey, and cinnamon in a tall glass, which I can see that that's all stuff that I mean that could be good for your voice. Cinnamon kind of depends. I love cinnamon, so I'm always for cinnamon, but I can also kind of see that not working for someone. Yeah, my go-to throat drink is lemon, honey, and ginger. I would have to try it with cinnamon sometime. I bet it would taste good anyway. Uh, yeah, that definitely. I always have um, some water there and also usually some tea. So I can get something warmer. And I have to admit, I do drink it with milk. But I... I mean, I don't know whether I have a problem with mouth voices. At least I do not... When I edit, I'm not actually being bothered by them. So if anyone else is bothered by them, sorry. Uh, it also... If I actually sing something, because in some podfix I sing something or something like that, it kind of depends on what I sing. If it's just in my regular register and not going much up or much down, I might just do some little hums and a little little warm-up, um, which I also do in choir if I have something that where I have to get uh, higher than that, higher notes. I'll try to warm my voice up a little more because otherwise it will sound pathetic and that is not, most of the time, that is not actually the effect I'm going for. So I'm never sure. Uh, they say to avoid caffeine because that can dehydrate you and the point is to stay hydrated. But tea also has water in it. So I... At what point does tea become so caffeinated that it's leaving you less hydrated than when you started? I can never really evaluate that. I'm, uh, I don't know. I think it's a problem probably more 
so we are with coffee, then with tea, and it probably kind of depends on how much you drink and whether you drink regular water as well or not. Because I drink a lot of tea. I drink a lot of tea and I usually don't have that problem that there are some days where I have drank loads of tea and no regular water and then there comes the point where suddenly I have the feeling, okay, I have to drink regular water now because that was just too much. Depends. Doesn't always. So I don't know. And scientifically, I don't know. One thing uh, I always wonder about is my posture and the position I'm in when I'm recording, where I think, you know, you're supposed to stand up to get better control of your diaphragm and better control of your voice. But I don't have any surfaces in my house that are at quite the right height for that and also in a room with good sound. So I usually end up sitting kind of cross-legged on the floor. They do say to try and, you know, tilt your mouth, tilt your mic so you're not breathing directly into your mic to avoid some pops. Do you do anything special with your posture or your sitting position or I usually try to sit comfortably so I don't really have to think about it. If I'm feeling uncomfortable, I'm probably getting more tense and that's I mean, it depends. It, it, sometimes you might actually want that in your voice, but most of the time you probably don't. So I'm trying to sit comfortably, kind of upright, and try to do it like that. I have a mic stand, a mic stand so that kind of helps so I can get it in the right height. But for example today, as in... As I said earlier, I'm not at my flat and I have my microphone with me and my laptop with me, but I don't have actually the mic stand with me because that would be overkill. And I was recording something earlier and I was like, okay, um, my laptop kind of tends to make noises, so I'm trying to get the microphone as far away from the from the laptop as I can so I can't put it on the desk so I'm putting that on the chair and then I basically only have the floor to sit on and I did the recording and it was a bit uncomfortable and my legs totally fell asleep as in I had to physically move them with my hands after the recording and <laughs> was like yeah, it was like, okay, some sit, some minutes sitting there and going, oh, 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 ooh, until I could actually try to stand up. So I'm interested how that sounds. I try to not get it into my voice. Not really keen on repeating that. <laughs> Needs must. I feel like my voice does hold out longer if I'm standing up. And I guess I should probably try to go back to that now that I've changed jobs. But in my, my job before, I was, you know, I'm a teacher and it was really a lot of standing and a lot of running around. And my just my feet hurt too much by the time I was home from work. I just wanted to sit down. But if I sit, I do run into this problem sometimes where, like you said, your your legs go numb. And so then you have to change positions. And then 
that changes the sound. So it's like, I can't feel my toes, but I have to hold on till the end of this scene and I can't move till the end of the scene. And then you move and then the next scene, it sounds different. And you're like, ah. Yeah, Yeah, I know, I know. But I also feel you very, very much about uh, your feet hurt because I do work retail, so. Oh, I shouldn't even talk then, you poor thing. <laughs> so that's uh, also a thing. So we both have a job where we stand all day and talk all day. Well, and, and that's definitely impacted my pod ficking, not just the posture and the positions I take when I'm recording, but I definitely can't record as long as I used to be able to. I used to be able to get two hours in every day easy. And now it's like by the end of 45 minutes, that's that's it. I'm done for today. So I wonder, I've always thought I should maybe get my voice checked out by a speech therapist or something and uh, see if, I, I hope I'm not damaging my vocal cords or speaking wrong, using my diaphragm wrong, something like that. Have you noticed anything like that? I don't know whether I physically can't record as long anymore. I, I do not do it because I do not actually think it's, I do not think that I'm doing better recordings that way. If I, I mean, I, I could, I can get more done, but I don't really have the feeling that the actual recording is better. What I realized um, lately was more like, hmm, I, I, I kind of choose podfix the uh, stories that suit my um, speech rhythm better and then I realized that I actually might have gotten better at reading English out loud that might also be a thing but <laughs> I, I don't do not uh, record as long in one piece anymore as I did definitely but I don't know whether that's I'm not sure I, I don't I do not actually stop because I can't anymore physically with my voice. It's more like that my brain says, take a break, which might just be getting older and listening to your body. That's also a thing. Yeah, I'm just so in awe of people who can record for three hours a day. Like, uh, how? How? But then I also tell myself I do also talk all the day. So I don't know what these what they do for work. I mean, maybe I mean if they also talk all day, wow. But otherwise, I mean, it's still wow. Definitely, I mean, recording three hours a day is. So if if someone records three hours a day and also has a job where they talk all day. Teach us your secrets. I did, in my search on how to avoid mouth noises, find this one article, which is linked to in my post, which will be linked to in the show notes, which recommends against, no, they recommend that you do use Diet Coke because it'll dry out your mouth. And they say, before recording, recording, avoid the sun, chocolate, nuts, and extremely hot or cold drinks. And they also say a woman's menstrual cycle can mess with their voice. So, random article on the internet, but if it's helpful, it's helpful, I guess. Yeah, the thing with the menstrual cycle, I read somewhere uh, in combination, kind of about singers as well. Don't know whether that's true, but maybe for some. 
probably for some women and for some women not. That's all I have, I guess. Yeah. So then we were also discussing what do you do with post-production, particularly regards to betas. And we were thinking of making that a separate episode and then that probably wouldn't be enough to be a full episode. So we'll go ahead and put it in here. How about you, Fleur? Do you use betas? Not really. I mean, if I'm doing a pot together uh, collaboration, uh, I send my writer what I've recorded as they sent me what they've written and we talk about it. And then it depends how close the collaboration there is in this uh, really working together process. Uh, with Blue, it's seriously, I send her things and ask her, does the sound right? Does the sound effect work? Do you think that's, do you have another idea depending on what it is? With the trailers we did for Pot Together Lightning, I definitely did that. That was a whole lot of sending back and forth, back and forth. But otherwise, not really. Probably because I do not really want to do re-records because I hate them. <laughs> and there is a thing if I listen to my recording and realize, oh, there is something I've said wrong or is not ideal. And then I think about it. Then I can kind of say, hmm, but does it, is it really really a problem there or is it more like oh they made a mistake and go forth and then I can kind of decide and sometimes I will do a re-record grumbling but uh, in other cases I'll more like ah, okay it's not perfect but all right but if I send it to a beta and they tell me oh there is this mistake and there is that and then I kind of felt on a bound to do it and yeah so not really also I kind of get if I'm finished with the pot fig I kind of want to post it and do not want to wait but I can absolutely see how they can really help and make pot fix better it's just I um, too impatient and probably too lazy. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm not a, necessarily a very good beta E because I hate re-records. And then a lot of times, even if I try, I can't get the re-record to fit in naturally. So it's almost like, you know, I might be better off just leaving this teeny tiny mistake that you can barely hear in than trying to fix it and make it worse. So a lot of times I'll get a beta and then I'll say, yeah, those three lines you pointed out, you're right, they need to be re-recorded, but uh, I'm not gonna, sorry. <laughs> yeah, which is a thing which uh, if you write something and they point out, oh, you made a typo there, you just fix the typo. That is less work than re-recording, but uh, that might be just a prejudice. I only get a beta about a third of the time. And a lot of it's just I 
zoned out during the editing process, so I am worried that I missed something. Usually my editing process is, is pretty intensive, and so I end up listening through very closely at, at least twice, if not three times. And then I feel, yeah, I'm done with this. I can go ahead and post it. But I'm more likely to get a beta if I know I was cooking or doing something else as I was beta listening and worry that I might have missed a line or two. But then, yeah, I'll tweak timing, I'll tweak sound effects, but half the time it's terrible. People will write me these lovely comments on, hey, you probably need to re-record this line, and then I just won't. <laughs> yeah. No, that's also a thing. If it's out there, it's out there. I mean, depending on what. If it's a really horrible mistake, okay. Definitely. If I pronounce something so that it is something really offensive, then I am very sorry. I am most likely didn't know, but that it's no excuse. Please tell me and I'll just I'll, I'll fix it or do, do t at least take it away. But if it's just I mispronounced something uh, in a way that is, yeah, sorry. Have you ever acted as a beta yourself? What's your beta-ing process like? I've betaed um, one time, as in um, for, for Podfake, where I just listened to it and just... That was mostly, uh, does it work? They didn't, they didn't actually want uh, me to point out little, little um, actual things where they stumbled, more like, does it work? Is it nice? Um, does it flow? Something like that. So I did that. Um, I did beta for written stories. And uh, there I mostly was um, a spelling and grammar beta. Not really a plot beta or something like that. Un unless something was really not working out. And then it's mostly like reading the story and then putting comments there and, and what is wrong, what is, doesn't work. And sometimes I made proposals what they could do instead. Sometimes more like, okay, this doesn't flow really. So if I would beta listen, I would probably do it and they did what actually with time text and something like that, I would would do it like that as in I'll listen to it and give them the time tags and saying okay this maybe the pause is a little bit too long or that there you've doubled up the word something like that probably something like that but I don't really have an experience as a beta listener for Podfix so how do you do it? I have a couple of different things yeah I do think it's important to put the time tag just so it's much easier for your Podficker to find the mistakes and fix them. I've baited a couple of fic, and I have a process there that I, I don't use often enough with my podfic, where I give like three different levels of feedback. So they open the email for me, and the first is cheerleading. So I just make a couple of comments on, I loved this line. I loved your pronunciation here. Your timing here was great. And if that's all they want out of a beta, they can just stop reading there. And then the next level is easy things to fix. So if it's a fic, it's like, hey, you spelled this word wrong. Or no, that's not the right word for this situation. There's a grammar mistake here. If it's a podfic, it's 
hey, could you shorten this gap here or this pause is a little too long? You know, things that you could get in and fix really easily. And then if they want to keep on going deeper, the the third level is the really intense stuff like, no, I think you should re-record this line because the intonation's not quite right. And or if it's a fic, more like, hey, this one section of the story didn't quite make sense to me. Could you reword it and clarify it and maybe add in another scene? So I guess with with fic, I'm definitely more likely to give specific levels of feedback. And then with with podfic, I don't always probably clarify as much as I should, you know, ask the pod figure, what exactly do you want from me? Because if you just want somebody to cheerlead, like, hey, I'm totally down with that. And I will send you some positive comments. Do you want to do re-records? Or do you just want critiques on the timing and sound levels? So I probably should be more careful in the future to be more specific about the feedback I offer. But that's how I do it. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds good. I mean... With beta, I definitely imagine asking for specific things like, did I have a stumble there where I just kind of kind of cut it out? Or did I double up because I missed something? Or is something really too quiet, more like technical things? Or is there a really awkward long pause where I just kind of, don't know, flew around in daydreams when I listened to it and didn't realize that I actually had a pause of uh, 10 seconds there, which was totally not meant to be there, something like that. I probably wouldn't want uh, beta for my actual acting narrative choices because that's more like, yeah, but I, I meant to do it that way. So, But that's... It's also good to know that if you ask someone for a beta, never mind whether for podfig or for fig, do specify what kind of beta you want. Definitely, definitely. And I'll often leave in my beta comments, like, you know, if it's something easy, like, hey, you need to fix the timing here, or hey, the volume is a little too loud here. I'll leave that comment, and then if it's something that I know would require a lot of work, I'll say, you know, I don't know if you want to re-record, but this line could maybe use a little bit of attention, and then I don't assume that they're actually going to re-record, because everybody hates re-records. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're evil. Yeah, I mean, okay, if I if I read it like that, I wouldn't feel quite so honor-bound to do it, <laughs> because otherwise it, I would have this feeling I asked them i asked them to beta and they did this and they did a lot of work there because it, it is a lot of work and then i just don't do it and i would feel so bad but i yeah <laughs> i i mean i can't speak for every podfic beta out there but i would understand like i would assume oh well maybe they tried and then they just couldn't get it to sound right because matching up the sound of a re-record is awful and you know they they went with eventually what would be the best for the final version yeah that, that's also because i would always i mean the point is i wouldn't be insulted as a beta if someone didn't do it when i'm what i what I didn't fix everything would i which i told them that maybe possibly could have need some fixing but on the other side, I would totally feel, oh my god, so that's good to know. That, that's 
probably not always the case. <laughs> and that a lot of potfig betas do, do potfig themselves and know the pain of the re-record. <laughs> I don't know, but if any of you uh, use betas all the time or for different things and have different experiences, just please totally tell us because um, that would be very interesting. And it's not like I cannot see the point. I can totally see the point of a beta. Absolutely. It's more like a different perspective. That would be interesting. Yes, please. We always want to hear more from our listeners. Okay. So I have three regs. One of them um, is Target Practice. Uh, that's read by Katie Hart. It's a story by Philomitha. I think, I hope I pronounced it somewhat correctly. And it's a Rivers of London podfic. Um, it's about... Peter having trouble sleeping. So Peter's having trouble sleeping and he gets down on the shooting range and then Nightingale comes. And it's just a little a little quiet character piece um, that could be um, it's I think is after broken homes. So a little bit of spoilers for that if you haven't read that one, but it's just a very little short piece. And it's, and Katie Hart just reads this very quiet and has this nice atmosphere there. And it's just a little short, nice potfig that was quite enjoyable to listen to. And just, I don't know, something to fall asleep to, <laughs> kind of, which is lovely. And I really liked it. The second one is a check please potfic uh it's working out watching sports and breaking the fourth wall it's read by code switch and it was written by jedosaur it is um i mean the text say it's a ken parson john johnson story i would read it I mean, kind of technically, I would read more as Jen. It's really just a passing thing. And it is a very, it is very meta, which no one who knows Czech, please. And here's the name John Johnson will be surprised by. And it's fun. And it, it, it really plays with the meta levels and with the fourth wall. And it is um, a fun story. And it was also really, really the reading was very fun and kind of got this and john johnson kind of got this character out of and i'm not sure what i've actually listened to something by code switch before i'll have to check more out by them because i i really like that that was also nice and also just something if you want to try something out it's a short it's a very short portfic as well and just to have a little break in between something so that was also really nice. And I liked it and enjoyed it a lot. I am so surprised I haven't read or listened to this one because I love Jejusar and I love anything they do with John Johnson. It is always hysterical. So I will definitely have to give that a listen. Yeah. So, and my third, because I had two very short pot fix, 
Um, we'll go to the other side of the spectrum with an over 25 hours potfake. Yep. A Gundam Wings potfake. It's Freeport. It's written by Maldoror and it's read by Opal Song. Freeport is a story that is Duo Wufei story. And they are, Wufei there is uh, an agent who, ne who is on, is, who wants to catch a killer who is hiding on a colony at, at what is called Freeport. Duo is from this um, colony and he, and this colony is full of pirates, smugglers and thieves, which is very much, I mean, Wolfei is very, very about justice and working by the law and he's also had and being honorable and he also has um, kind of a difficult time to actually get in the mindset of people like that and so he needs Duo who is from Freeport and who worked with him before to help him catch that killer which also because that colony has a real its own culture and so he definitely needs someone from there to help him it's a really really exciting and captivating story where you really get into this into this colony and have this whole culture unfold which is which is really cool and opal song really gets you into this this world um, I listened to it and I basically uh, lived in this world the whole time because I did my housework with that and I, on my lunch break I was listening to that and so I basically lived in this world for days and it was amazing. I never watched Gundam Wing. You probably can get into that with maybe reading a primer about it. Maybe also not really... I mean you probably can get into it yeah, you, I think more than a primer or maybe knowing something about that should be sufficient because I've never watched Gundam Wing and I got into Gundam Wing stories just by reading fanfiction. And I think this one is, since it is long enough and characterizes the stories, the, the characters as well, gives it that characterizations, uh, it, it would probably also work for someone who just loves long stories or loves long pot fix and this one is a really great one so definitely an absolute recommendation awesome yeah okay well my three recs my first is jeeves and the blessed indiscretion read by bean and ulster and it's by astolot it's a jeeves and worcester pot fic, which i don't know if a lot of you listeners have ever read any Jeeves and Wester, but the the author of the series, P.J. Wodehouse, just has this way with words that is hysterical, and Astolat really captures the the feel and the tone and the the crazy wording and silly puns of the original series. And being an Ulster's reading is just adorable. And you have so if you've aren't familiar with the series, it's about this really rich guy named Bertie Wooster. And he's just, you know, never had to work a day in his life, kind of useless, but he's, he's really sweet and he wants to do right by his friends, but yeah, just generally a useless human being. And so he's always getting himself in terrible trouble 
and his valet, Jeeves, has to come along and dig him out of it. And Jeeves is, you know, tall, dark, and silent and brilliant and always has some clever plan to swoop in and save the day at the last minute. And in this story, it's the opposite way around, that, like, Jeeves finally gets in trouble. He's being blackmailed with somebody who has incriminating photos on him. And Worcester has to swoop into the rescue and save him for once. And it was just really clever and cute and a fun story. Oh, I'll have to listen to that. I love me some Jason Worcester. That sounds amazing. (laughs) You should. Yay! And my second rec is It Takes a House, a Village, read by Forzando Pod by Defcon 2. It's a DC Comics, a Tim Drake, Jason Todd story, where Tim Drake has this house and just various members of the Bat family keep just moving in, where he just wakes up one morning and Jason is on his sofa and he's like, okay. So he just kind of becomes a, a home for wayward bats. And it's very cute and a very cute, uh, heartwarming romance and lots of extended bat family feelings and found family feelings. So I don't even go to this fandom, but I thought it was adorable. That sounds adorable indeed. Um, I also don't really go to the fandom, but yeah, that, sound, that sounds really cute. Yeah, I... With Fortzendapod and Rena Jenkins, and everybody's recording DC these days. And I'm like, stop it, guys. I cannot do another fandom. Do not do this to me now. <laughs> but. Yeah. Dragging your screaming into the fandom. Yeah, it happens. And my last one is a Kingsman podfic because I've been reading a lot in Kingsman. It's one of those fandoms that's. So, so bad and yet so, so good for me. <laughs> hmm So this one is Withdrawal, read by R.S. Crichton, and it's by Saucery. And it's just, you know, after Harry's gone and Eggsy's like touch-starved and touch-deprived. And so it's, it's a short little story about, that's it basically, touch deprivation. And so, oh. you know, just a lot of vivid imagery and... Just a really feel-good fic that gets you right in the feels, I guess. That sounds nice. Yeah. So, this was our episode on pre-production and podfic beta. Um, we hope you enjoyed listening to it. And we hope to talk to you next month. Bye! Bye.